why has Ben Affleck made a film about Argos? Who promoted to Lisa to the female boss? First up this week on Answer Me This, or as they call it in the military, Alpha Mike Tango, <laughs> uh, we've got some feedback, Helen, from Paul, the pilot from Milton Keynes. Paul, the pilot? Colin the postman, Paul the pilot. <laughs> it's like kiddie claymation around here now. He says, I am afraid, Helen, I need to correct you on an inaccuracy. No! Yes, when a pilot says that, Helen, you've got to fasten your seatbelts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Adopt the brace position. R, in the phonetic alphabet, is in fact Romeo, not Roger. Oh, good oh, point. Good well, no, point. it is now. But it wasn't then. Hey! Uh, pedant wins. Yeah, when they invented this alphabet, it was Roger. And then my guess is that because Roger came so commonly to mean received, as discussed in last week's episode, that they had to get a new word to mean R, because otherwise, when people were spelling things out, you'd be like, do you mean received? Or do you mean you're halfway through this word? And it's probably the only scenario where someone's replaced any character called Roger with Romeo. Well, maybe the Beckhams contemplated calling their second son Roger. <laughs> that would be more sensible in a way, wouldn't it? In fact, all of their children sound like they're called after this alphabet. <laughs> Apropos of our discussion of Roger, mm. and I speculated about Rogering. You did, tell You know, as yes. in Rogering. Yes. John says, according to my history of science tutor at university... In times past, the boar on a farm was traditionally called Roger. Thus, when the sows were on heat, they were Rogered. And who would want to dispute the claims of a history of science tutor? This history of science tutor probably had a master's in pig sex. <laughs> Hi, this is Ben. Uh, Helen Ollie, answer me this. Uh, my wife and I have been listening to Milkshake by Khalees, and we would like to know... Um, uh, what does the milkshake in the song refer to? Um, I thought it was something about tits, but my wife seems to think it's something to do with the uh, girl in question's entire um, aura or uh, kind of persona thing. Um, there don't seem to be any clues in the song, so if you can help, that'd be great. Thank you. I think I'd always assumed as well that it was her charisma, her yes. je ne sais quoi. It wasn't a specific body part, because that would be nonsensical. Which part of Khalees that is visible through her clothes is liquid? Well, no, you're right, yeah. So, OK, so milkshake, people have speculated. I, I talk about this like this is a, a great historical precedent, but actually <laughs> the song is unbelievably nearly 10 years old now. Oh, yeah. God. Um, so this has been going on for a decade. When was it? 2003? Yeah. Shit. Amazing, isn't it? Um, anyway, I know, we're old. Uh, people have been speculating, <laughs> because it's got the word milk in it, that it means tits. But if you think about the lyrics, there are clues, actually, contrary to what uh, Ben says there. There are clues in the lyrics that it's not tits, because she says, I could teach you, but I'd have to charge. You can't teach tits. You've either got tits or you haven't. You, you can't can, you can teach, teach someone. You can enlarge their you tits. You can teach plastic surgery. Exactly, yeah. So you can say, I could enlarge them, but I'd have to charge. That's fine. Is it a dance, then? Is it her doing something that is shaky? Is it shaking her tits that produce milk? Because she could teach that, couldn't she? She could teach that. It's a transferable skill. She said herself in interviews that mm. it uh, it means sex appeal. Her and the Neptunes made it up. It just came out in the recording session. They thought it sounded cool. It is the blend. It is the shake yep. of all the things that make her a sexy lady. It's the tits, it's the arse, it's the dance, it's the charisma, it's everything. So out of what you're saying, Ben, your wife is a little bit closer to the truth. Um, but... 
to what extent is an artistic work what the author intended and to what extent is the postmodern well, reading more relevant, Alan? Death of the author, Ollie. Yeah. That's a very interesting point. I've just been reading uh, David Byrne's book, How Music Works, mm-hmm. and he's just been saying, I thought the song was about what I thought it was about. But actually the song has three lies, one in the author's mind, one oh. in the audience's mind, and one in the person who's performing its mind. Oh, critical theory is appalling, isn't it? Isn't it just appalling? But why, anyway... Why ruin a pop song with it? <laughs> why not just, I reckon the person who wrote it definitely does know what they meant. But anyway... And certainly in the video, they did have gushing milkshake-looking suggestive, but that didn't seem tip-based. Ah, well, yeah. now you come on to the point. Oh, do I? Yes. That's what I come on to, is it? <laughs> uh, the major alternative reading of milkshake okay. uh, is actually blowjob blowjob okay. because milkshake uh, as in shaking a big cock full of cum it's more like pulling a pint though isn't it well, <laughs> it's, and that's foamy my bitter brings all the boys to the yard doesn't have the same ring to it I think to have that reading then you are then in your mind creating a situation where Khalees is, is giving a massive outdoor blowjob session yeah and people are queuing up yeah, it's I don't just think she's not, like that no I don't think she's like that either but if that were the case which I don't think it is but if it were at least it's an inventive sexual euphemism better than Candy Shop by 50 Cent oh, that's which horrible. I think is the nadir of the blowjob related song what's his metaphor for the, the oral sex act upon the man? my cock is a bit like a lollipop that's it for three wow. minutes yeah, you I'll amazing. let you lick my lollipop what's that other one as well Flow Rider where well he's got several hasn't he because there's elevator because she's going down in the elevator yeah that's right to, to waste blow my whistle you can blow my whistle it's all a bit carry on isn't it well honest. whereas yeah but candy shop isn't candy shop's really nasty because candy shop does suggest children doesn't it yeah so it's kind of it's not only a horrible sounding song and the only sort of remotely clever comparison he's making is between a lollipop and his penis mm. it's also then quite peasy yeah, it's like, saw... all that, all that chocolate factory stuff that um, R. Kelly did, isn't it? Well, mm. All that current Werther's original advert, which is the worst advert for many reasons. One is because the woman narrating it says, when my grandfather first took me to my favourite caramel shop, I was five. <laughs> I think, firstly, caramel shops. Secondly, enough caramel shops that you can rank them. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thirdly, you're discerning enough at five to rank them and, and have a favourite. Well, I don't know though. I went to the Lake District for a couple of days in May and actually when it's raining, there's not much to do but rank the caramel shops. <laughs> so it depends where they were on holiday, Helen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if there are two, that can keep you occupied all day. If Milkshake was going to bring you to a yard and why yeah. would you buy Milkshake from a yard? You'd buy it from a milkshake shop. Could be a pop-up. Yeah. Um, yes. Spoo. <laughs> well, she was predicting Shoreditch in this song. Yeah. Um, and, those, and those luxury milkshake bands that go to festivals where you can get biscuits ground up in a milkshake, which is stupid. <laughs> My milkshake brings all the boys to the disused primary school car park. Ah. If a milkshake was to bring you to a yard, Helen, yeah. what flavour milkshake would it be? Oh. And why? I don't super like milkshakes, but I think it'd probably be something like mocha. Yeah. That's a very good choice because it's straightforward but also complex. Yeah, and not, not too sweet. Because I'm flummoxed by the choices. You know, in these, you know when yeah, you know when you go to like Shake Away and these new chains they have now, where you can choose yeah. any, and they've got candy bars from America as well as the British yeah. chocolate bars. The problem is because you've give, you're given the luxury of options. You think, oh well, for an extra fifty p, I can also have a drifter in there, and I can also have a shot of brandy or whatever the hell it is. Oh, I just of choice. I, I, yeah, I ruin it. I wish, in a way, I lived in a society that had more rules that said, no, you can just have this combination of stuff because why we know what's good for you. Why don't you just go and move to China? They tell you what kind of milkshake you've got to have. It's the, it's the famous thing, isn't it? People always say about China. Yeah. Actually, that's a, that's a terrible analogy I just drew because they don't really drink milk in China. Well, doesn't sound like China's for you, Ollie. My favourite milkshake is strawberry. Thanks for asking. Oh, yeah. That's a bad choice. Why? Because, well, I don't like strawberries in real life anyway. They're my least favourite summer really? fruit. God, why why have knew. strawberries when you can have raspberries? Why do it? Because mm. it's a slightly different um, time of the year. Strawberries slightly earlier. All right. That's a sensible answer, but still. Thanks. Strawberry ice cream bears then very little relation to the strawberry itself. Well, it's pink. 
Yeah, exactly. But it's an artificial flavour you're tasting. It's not like when you when you have mango ice cream, you know that's got something to do with mango. You know who likes strawberry milkshake? Though? I don't, Helen. Tell me you who. You do. It's the members of our Facebook group because I put up a picture of Martin drinking a strawberry milkshake on there last week. I went crazy for it. <laughs> Just a man and a milkshake for heaven's sake. Oh, yeah. I had a really cute face on there. You were looking a bit coquettish. I look really endearing. If I do say so myself. <laughs> My milkshake brought all the boys to our <laughs> Facebook page. <laughs> and then the picture of Ollie wearing a dildo on his head drove all the boys away again. <laughs> if you got a question, email your question to answer me this podcast at googlemail.com. To answer me this podcast at googlemail.com. To answer me this podcast at googlemail.com. Do you want some me this podcast at googlemail.com? Here's a question from Micah. I could be me, I could be me, I could be my I think you just killed a dog. What, is, what was that? It was a song by Micah. Right, yeah, got you, okay. I could be like Chris Kelly. Ooh, but a bit do so sad. Why? So I tried a little Freddy. <laughs> then he turned in his grave. Different Micah, though, different right. Micah. Oh, okay. He says, I've decided to become a collector of old things. Mm-hmm. Sugar daddies, etc. <laughs> uh, the best way to get a good deal on old things is to purchase them at an estate sale when someone's family sells off their dead grandmother's belongings for cheap. For better or worse, I'm at an age where many of my friends' parents and grandparents are starting to pass away. I think that's for worse, Micah, <laughs> by most people's standards. <laughs> so, Ollie, answer me this. How long should I wait after their parents have died to ask these friends when they plan on selling their deceased relatives' antique gold chicken figurines for a dollar? Wow. Oh, poor you. But, you know, since you're going to have to clear the house anyway, let me help you. Oh, yeah, just do it in one sweeping motion. Put your arms around their shoulder, and then whilst you're comforting them in their grief and bereavement, just pick the figurines off the shelf and put them in your pocket. Yeah, you know what wakes are great for? Pricing up things. I think that's the thing. Don't go to the shiver and eye up the oak bedstead, but... (laughs) Do be there at the wake. Do be there at the funeral. Be in touch with your friends. Mm -hmm. Because that's a good thing to do anyway. The fact that there's an ulterior motive doesn't matter. Mm. You're still doing good. Be in touch. And then naturally you will be there for them at the moment when they start talking about, oh, it's really depressing. I'm I'm clearing out Granny's old house. You're like, right, now's the moment. Go for it. I'll help. Yeah, exactly. Because I think if you're waiting around, it could take too long. But I think you could offer your services saying... I know it's really hard to um, dissolve the estate of a loved one. So if you need any help distributing the stuff, uh, I could step in. And oh, then, that's good, Helen. I then, believe you. And then casually... Believe like, that it's just for your, just for their benefit. Wow, I love this thing. I could give some money to, to your family, for the estate, or to the charity of your choice. Yeah. So seem like you're doing them a favour. Like by... candy from a baby, isn't it? I'm very manipulative. I'm learning this about myself. Well, it's easy, though, with bereaved people, isn't it? Religion's been exploiting bereaved people for centuries. Yeah, you just true. need to step in when they're feeling weak. I got accosted by a lady when I was uh, walking from Crystal Palace to Streatham the other week. And, and she said, when you die, can you leave me this jacket? <laughs> she said, uh, are you interested in a house clearance sale? And I said, I'm sorry, not really. And she said... Because my mother's just died and uh, she lives up there. My house is over there and it's full of stuff. And I go, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. but no. And um, she said, you know, it, it, her landing and the living room and the bedroom are full of things. It's not furniture. It's things like her clothes, her shoes. A lot of it's hardly worn. Um, <laughs> are you interested? And I said, no, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not interested. And then she was like, well, can you give me any ideas as to how to 
get people to come because I want people to make appointments don't want them just to come in well right. just hanging around in this park <laughs> waiting for people that you can nab on the pathway is not a good way to reach a lot of people so I said to her what about Facebook yeah what about the internet yeah. what about you know the, the local forums and uh, she said we said oh no there's loads of weirdos there so, <laughs> so I don't do computers <laughs> I prefer to accost people in public so essentially I just had to run away from her because I thought if I did go and look at the shoes then she would make me dress up as her mother and she would keep me if and, and like <laughs> make me stay in bed and she would bring me uh, bread soaked in uh, broth you'd just be Mrs Bates's motel but in Crystal Palace yeah this is from Jess in Dorset who says I heard the phrase piggyback for the first time in a while today answer me this where does that phrase come from to piggyback there are a number of explanations obviously most of them are wrong uh, but I'll let you pick uh, so one of them is that pigs love to frolic and jump on each other's backs mm. that's probably false though because pigs are not notoriously load-bearing animals yeah but when they go rutting they do jump on each other's backs sort of don't they yeah but then so do a lot of animals don't they well to be fair dogs aren't the only ones who go doggy style but you know Good sometimes point. an animal takes the glory for themselves of a particular position and crocodiles not the only ones doing it crocodile style am I right what's oh. crocodile style oh Martin doesn't know you have to do it in a swamp Martin <laughs> is that where the man eats the woman <laughs> but uh, the real explanation is kind of boring really it's folk etymology which is uh, the polite term for when people have just misheard something uh, for pickaback uh, which came from uh, pick pack and uh, pick was an old English term for um placing things same origin as well as pitching as in pitching a tent right and so you placed the pack on your back and carried it around right yeah. but it's not a pack is it it's usually a child that's what makes well, it fun now it is unless you're piggybacking on someone else's wireless network right say. yeah <laughs> see the fun of the piggyback is just like the most i, I still look back with joy and pleasure on my childhood piggybacks would, would you love to be given a piggyback now Yes, but I'd I'd now feel guilty like I would never go on a donkey now because I'd know it would die. I would feel <laughs> guilty that I'd give that person osteoporosis or some sort of injury. I'd do it, but I, I, I think I'd be worried that I'd fuck your back up quite a lot as well. Well, this is the thing. I mean, you know, with back problems, you don't want to get involved in piggyback either giving or receiving, ideally. No. Um, which is a shame because it's ruined a great pleasure for me. Oh. I mean, really one of my abiding childhood memories of the 80s. Sorry. Being on Grandpa's shoulders, he used to do this game where we, we'd be going out to the shops or something. Yeah. And just as he was leaving the hall at home and like locking all the doors and stuff, he'd say, where's Oliver? Where's Oliver? And look around and I was on his shoulders like crying, laughing. Like, <laughs> and then he'd like stand in front. There was a whole routine because obviously with kids you do the same joke every fucking time. There, Rep- repetition is funny, yeah. right? There's a routine where at the end we went to the mirror right by the door and he's like, where is he? Where is he? And I'd be pointing at the mirror screaming with joy oh, that's and then so he'd see me in the mirror cute. yeah i have an idea for you maybe this is the uh, answer to your piggyback problems mm. maybe you could get a special customized segway so it looked like a human adult you could just uh, hop on the back and drive around without worrying that you were going to break the spine of that segway because it's a segway i see what you're trying to do helen but I'm trying um, to bring back that joy to your life because no. god knows you need it if anything that would just underline the fact it's not but human. The it's granddad just, I'm is just gone. alone with my technology. <laughs> um, no. You've made that choice in your life. I'll tell you the other thing I used to like as well. Did you do this with your parents? Holding hand one of the other and then skipping in between and swinging between the two arms? Uh, yeah, I, don't, a... I don't remember holding my dad's hand or him and my mum walking me to a place. Because really? if one of them was walking me there, it meant the other one could do something else. <laughs> <laughs> the other great joke of my childhood was being with my dad at SeaWorld. And uh, he, he put out his hand like he used to just as a sort of reflex motion when I was sort of seven years old. And uh, a little uh, Japanese tourist took hold of it. I was saying, oh. <laughs> walked along holding like a middle-aged man's hand for about probably 10 seconds. I think that is the most beautiful thing yeah, I've ever heard. It was wonderful. Yo, yo, one love. 
The best thing about tennis is the a women's tennis, a women's tennis. Hearing those ladies all going it makes me go in my pants. Answer Me This Sports Day, out now at answermethispodcast.com slash albums. I think it's time to have a question from our phone line. I agree. And if listeners, you think, oh, that sounds like an interesting proposition. Maybe I'd like to leave a question on the phone line. This is the number you would need to dial. Oh two oh eight one two three five eight double seven. Or you could Skype answer me this if you're a cheapskate. And let's see who's been in touch today. It's Eddie from Colchester. Hadn't answered answer me this. Are the people at the back of Watchdog actually researchers or are they just actors? Is Watchdog still on? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Is it Anne Robinson or am I mixing it up with something else? It used to be, but it's Alice Beer, isn't it? No? It was once presented by Anne Robinson, then it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I think now again it is. I think they brought her back about two years ago. They say you present Watchdog twice in your career. <laughs> <laughs> My cat did the Anne Robinson wink the other day. Really? Yeah, she was sitting on the sofa and she gave me a proper goodbye. Yeah, and your cat had just had all that Botox as well. <laughs> so, without having seen Watchdog, I'm going to imagine it's got Anne Robinson in the front, like a terrifying, like one of those Stalin statues or something. Mm-hmm. And then to make it look all official, while she's going, this happened and it was terrible, uh, in the background, you've got people looking like they're doing computer stuff and answering phones because right now, so many consumer Correct. complaints are coming through. They need a team on it, Correct. even though the cameras are on. Is well, although, well, although right. of course, that is actually true because, of course, suddenly when three million people find out that they could get £100 back from British Telecom or whatever, <laughs> they are going to all call the BBC. Right. So they, I think there genuinely are calls coming through. Okay. But yeah, it's a it's similar aesthetic to a charity telethon or Crime Watch where you see the production mm. staff, they're on the set, they're lit, they're wearing makeup, they've got headsets on, but they are actually sitting at desks working. Yeah. So the answer to Eddie's question is yes, uh, they are real researchers, but not only are they real researchers, that is their office. Uh, I've walked yeah. through the Watchdog set when Watchdog is not being filmed and they do sit on the set, that's their desk, that's where they work. Makes sense, I suppose. Yeah. And also it would make no economic sense to hire actors because those researchers are being paid anyway to work on the show, whereas actors, you'd have to pay them a fee. Martin has played a, a similar sort of peripheral role in a TV show. Oh yeah, my claim to fame. It's not really your claim to fame. Oh, I know about this. Is this when you went on 60 Minute Makeover? I, 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 I was a wall painter yeah. in 60 I mean, I sundered a, a radiator and I uh, carried some things on and I painted a wall. Also, the bit before the break when they have the extremely easy multiple choice questions so you can win something, they do that overlaid a shot of one of the people doing something and it, oh, was, and it was Martin, Martin. with a roller. Wow. Yep. That's something for before they were famous, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> before they were physicists. <laughs> Here is another question about, I suppose, illusions of showbiz. Right. Uh, it's from Harry, who says, in the new Twix advert... Or, <laughs> It shows two sides of the Twix, i.e. the two Twix fingers, being made in different factories. Mm. And yet, the mini snack-sized Twixes only have one finger. So, Ollie, answer me this. What side does the mini Twix come from? Okay, so you're accepting the uh, advertisement on its own terms, aren't you? You're accepting as, as fact... It's portrayal. It's obviously comedy, Willy Wonka-inspired portrayal of two rival factories producing sticks of Twix. If you, if you were a chocolate bar manufacturer, why would you duplicate your own factory to make a single object? Yeah. Just, it makes no sense at all. Uh, exactly. And, and Twix is owned by Mars. So for all we know, it's made in the same factory as Whiskers. Uh, <laughs> oh, in reality. Um, but what not are you gonna... saying about the caramel? <laughs> <laughs> bits of old tuna. So they're not going to portray that in the commercial, are they? It's a, it's a fun... Uh, engaging way to bring their product to life but in reality uh, both Twix fingers are made in the in the same factory uh, and uh, and therefore the mini Twix one 
as well. They must have different machines for the mini Twix that make it mini, right? So they've got like a tiny saucepan <laughs> that makes the caramel. <laughs> oh, say it just so, Ollie. Well, the thing is, though, I, I actually do think where Mars have failed mm. on the whole mini Twix issue uh, is that if you were to ask a focus group what makes a Twix a Twix... Double fingers! The, the, the very doubleness of it. Yes. Mm. That is core to the Twix brand. Well, they know this because their website is an exercise in duality that is almost literary. It's like it's like a, a novel that I read quite recently. Uh, it was called uh, The City and the City by uh, China Mieville, right. which is about two cities that are alongside each other and you're really forbidden from passing between each one, but they're essentially the same. It's a kind of satire of that. One side is the left Twix. The left Twix, yeah. One yeah. is the right Twix. Yeah. They're imparting the same information, but with slightly different wording. Yes, and it's clever in, 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 in well, as far as these things ever are. It's a bit painful to read. Nonetheless... I think what we're seeing here is the through their website and through the very name of the product, the yep. etymology of which is Twin oh, Sticks. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Very good. Twix has always been about two things. Yep. They've acknowledged that by coming up with this whole device yep. of left and right, and therefore Hari has put his finger on something here. They, it's they his should, Twixy fingers. They, should, <laughs> they shouldn't really be manufacturing a mini Twix at all the if that's their strategy. The campaign here. <laughs> Down with the mini Twix. Yeah, because actually, when they, as far as chocolate campaigns ever do exist, it's usually to bring back much loved but no longer produced brands isn't yeah, it yeah like the salad cream flavoured Kit Kat <laughs> that kind of thing but it's about time that we say no just stop just mm. stop the relentless expansion Mars Twix is about double bars if you're going to make a mini one make fun size mini bars but don't make one bar and don't make the ice cream that's one bar either because that's also not on brand unbelievable it's a rare example Twix actually of a product that is owned by a global conglomerate mm. uh, owned in America effectively always was but they launched it here first it yeah. was in the UK before it was in the US and before it was anywhere else. Like Adele. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Twix is the Adele of chocolate bars. <laughs> I am almighty Zeus. In the age of myths and heroes, I would hurl thunderbolts down upon mortals and I had many followers. Now, I have no followers. But I follow Helen and Ollie at twitter.com slash Helen and Ollie with a Y. Why? It's dilemma time. Uh, and we've had this one from an anonymous man Stop. who says... Dilemma time. <laughs> do, 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 do. Do, do. It's disgusting. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Don't be too jolly, Helen, because it is disgusting. Morals, 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 morals. He says... I have a huge moral dilemma. All right, no need to show off. Yeah. I'm currently divorcing my bitch-faced wife of 19 years. Oh, that's um, a strong statement. It is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's quite aggressive. Immediately I'm now on the side of his wife, yeah. even though I don't know anything about the man. Yeah, bitch-faced bitch is not a nice... It's harsh, thing. isn't it? You think, yeah. well, okay, you may be having an acrimonious split. We don't know. She might have cheated on you. Maybe she has got a horrible face, but maybe she's a lovely person behind it. But you don't write to people you don't know and say, my wife's a bitch-faced, do you? My, my bitch-faced wife is like the uh, natural continuation of my so-called life 20 mm. years later. Mm. I'm currently divorcing my bitch-faced wife of 19 years and have started seeing someone who is not only... 23 years my junior so cliche but also my cousin uh, that's coming up on the Jerry Springer show wow okay <laughs> 23 years my junior and also my cousin gross um, the fact that I am 44 and she is 21 does not really bother me that's because you're on the rebound yeah, and because you're shagging a 21-year-old. If it was the other way around, it would bother you, wouldn't it? It would bother you that she was 65, I yep. reckon. Um, it's the niggling thought that she is my uncle's daughter. And that when she was born, I was 23. Mm. That's mm. nasty, isn't it? Yes. I think the person I'm screwing now, when I was their age, 
they weren't born. Yeah. It's like if I <laughs> if I even think that I'll ever date anyone who is currently nine. Yeah. That's an upsetting I think, thought. I think you're slightly refocusing this question here. The, the, the age thing... We haven't even got to it yet. ...can be got over. It's the, the incest aspect that slightly worries me. Well, yes. Well, you, you, you're, you're, you're hitting upon the question that is about to come, Martin, right, because yeah, he yeah. says, uh, in the eyes of the law... This is and God perfectly <laughs> acceptable. Oh, well, no, no, God's not keen. No, he's not. But the law's all right with it. It's the most perfectly acceptable relationship, isn't it? <laughs> but Helen, answer me this: Is it a relationship I should pursue? For your information, and this is where the plot thickens even more, Helen. As if it needed to be thicker. <laughs> I have three kids, mm-hmm. aged twelve, sixteen. And 18. And oh. my uncle says that he wants to date the middle one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I cannot see how this can go wrong. I've got an 18-year-old child, four years younger than my cousin who I'm having sex with. Gross. Uh, and she, my cousin, has a 20-month-old baby boy from a bloke she is no longer involved with. So there's other children involved too. Let me anticipate the question. Helen, answer me this. What is my cousin's son's relation to me? Is he twice removed? How does it work? (laughs) Uh, So Helen, answer me this. Do I continue with this uh, insane incestuous relationship uh, with the view of one day moving in together or do I let her down gently now before anyone gets hurt? You missed a word off the sentence there. More. (laughs) Because people are already going to be hurt. Even if you remove the gross-making family element. The fact is, this sounds like you're in a rebound relationship. And I don't think you should date your cousin, generally, but especially not if it's the kind of relationship where, you know, you're getting over your bitch-faced wife and then you move on. I think maybe you need to recover on your own. Not in a relationship at all, especially when there are children involved, especially when the children are a similar age to your cousin girlfriend. So I think you need to nip it in the bud because otherwise, if it ends acrimoniously, family gatherings are going to be very, very awkward forever. Well, I think they're going to, but that's going to happen now anyway. At the point at which you, you've had sex with your cousin, exactly, because you, you're going to see each other at every family wedding, funeral, whatever. Well, that's happening now anyway. The weddings are all within the family. Aren't they? <laughs> Who else are you going to invite? Um. And I think you've got to think of your kids. This is such a head fuck for them. I think it'd be bad enough if it was a 21-year-old that had no relation to you, but the fact it is one of your relations and mm. it is your children's cousin as well, that is just too much. A- and that they're so close in age. Yeah. But then on the other hand, I don't think you should be so didactic, Helen, as to say what he definitely should do is end this, because the point is he is in this relationship now. And right, in that he, should sense- have, he should have as much sex as he can get out of it, then end it. <laughs> the option of never having done it in the first place is no longer on the table. It's happened. It could be argued, could it not, that uh, the sort of the, the real damage of this would be the sensation, would be the shock of it happening. Yeah, but and that now it's happened. Actually, if they are in love, uh, there's no uh, mention of love. Uh, really, the only serious objection to marrying your cousin should be about having children with them, which I presume he's not interested in, and she's already got a baby. Why so- would you? Why would you presume that? We have nothing to go on. I suppose, well, I suppose what I'm saying is don't have children with her and then I think it's slightly less disturbing than it was mm. anyway if your kids already know about it. I think not only do you have the unsavouriness of sex with a family member, but you do have this big social problem that you're creating. And I think after a while, the sex will wear off if it turns into a longer-term relationship. Mm. But the awkwardness will remain forever. So I think just take the easier way out and finish now. Also, I don't know, uh, Anonymous Man, if uh, any of your grandparents are alive. Uh, right, so the person who is the progenitor of you everyone and your in your new family and unit. your girlfriend. Yeah, but I wonder whether they'd like it or dislike it. They would dislike it. Coming over at Christmas and knowing that they were related to everyone in the room. 
<laughs> I mean, no, but seriously, in a, way, in a way, it makes present buying easier, doesn't it? Because everyone's buying for the same grandparents. Yeah, yeah. So actually, it is very practical. Mm. Yes, great. <laughs> well, with a bitter taste in our mouths, we must come to the end of this episode of Answer Me This. But if you supply us with questions, there will be another one next week. So please email, phone, or Skype them to us, and all of those contact details are on our website. AnswerMeThisPodcast.com Whereupon you can also find links to follow us on Twitter and Facebook, buy our classic episodes and albums and apps. Oh my. And you know what's on Martin the Soundman's website at the moment? Oh, it's uh, you can pre-order my new album, uh, The City of Pre-ordering? That's the most exciting bit. Yeah, the anticipation, it's, isn't it? It's <laughs> November 23rd, so pre-order it now. And we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye.